We wanted it to rain, and rain it did, but maybe a little bit too much? We needed this rain, but we also need it to stop. More from Colin Jackson at PJP Potatoes soon, plus our agronomist Sean Sparling as well. Also this week, fuel and trade concerns. Where everybody's having a go at diesel, I just thought, well, I'd like to defend diesel. It it makes the world go round. Plus the latest on the grain market from Tom Miller. Well, uh, it's the markets are still relatively quiet as we... um coast through the bits of uh, old crop and heading towards new crop. The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Hello. Last week on the programme, we talked about the drought-like conditions and the effects on the crops. Well, clearly some of you have been rain dancing, as uh, we've certainly had a fair bit this week, with possibly more to come, typically just in time for my holiday. Anyway, uh, enough of my concerns. On to concerns of a different kind from John Smith... At Lath Tractors. Like everyone else, you wake up in the morning and I wouldn't say I worry about stuff particularly, but I've always got concerns. And one of my key concerns at the moment is diesel. Diesel seems to be demonised by every time I pick up a newspaper or turn on a, a radio station where everybody's having a go at diesel. I just thought, well, I'd like to defend diesel. It, it makes the world go around. 95% or more than of the world's engines are diesel. All the huge ships that bring containers over here, they're 50,000 horsepower diesel engines, incredibly efficient, trains are diesel, all the lorries, um, generators, hospitals, everybody uses diesel. And because there is an issue, I don't want to pretend there isn't an issue, I don't particularly understand it, but I'm sure there is an issue in towns and cities, but I want to make sure our industry, agriculture, is not sort of tainted with the same brush. We're using tractors that are now Tier 4B, which is incredibly clean with after exhaust sort of after ignition treatment that's a very clumsy way of describing it but the uh, the emissions are they're clean and so yeah i just feel that i want to defend diesel diesel engines now i mean 95 percent, as you say are are actually diesel engines um it's going to be a big changeover if if we have to make changes up isn't it I don't think it's possible. Hmm. I mean, if we could use petrol engines in heavy duty, petrol engines in agriculture and haulage died out in the mid-50s because they just won't pull the skin off a rice pudding compared to a diesel. They're, uh, they use twice as much fuel, or at least a third, so it won't change. But I think there possibly does need to be change with particulates in cities, but as long as the legislation, and we're all talking about it, and the powers that be realise just how important and um, regressive it would be, to sort of start imposing sort of a non-diesel rule on, on our economy in, in Lincolnshire, it would, it would crucify us. Absolutely, and especially in agriculture, I guess, it's a real, a real concern. Yeah, I mean, we have petrol for the mower and the hedge cutter and what have you, but everything else is diesel. What can be done then? What's the answer? Um, just fight our corner. I think uh, if, if we do need to introduce more controls for, for vehicles in cities, and obviously there'll be more and more electric, um, then so be it, but let's let's just make sure that everybody's aware of what's going on and, and talk about it and bring it to everyone's attention. Do you think that people... we can't have a broad brush anti-diesel approach? Yeah. Do you think people are aware? I mean, as you say, we hear the anti-diesel message, but are are, are people are there enough people like you standing up for it? Well, I, probably not yet. I'm sure there are at the top end. I mean, people like the NFU will have hold of this at the top end. They'll be doing a brilliant job. But I just thought all I hear about is anti-diesel and how dreadful it is, and I'm sure it is in certain circumstances, but by God, it makes the world go round. While I'm on diesel, can I carry on? You can, you can. I just wonder if everyone's aware that the government are um, assessing 
the, the rebated diesel, red industry, red diesel in our world, it's quite common around the world. I did notice that the Irish use red uh, red diesel, but they call it, they dye it green and they call it green diesel. So I thought that was appropriate for Ireland. But, I mean, our, on our farm, uh, red diesel is a, is a, a, a massive saving for us. Um, if we doubled and a half, because we lost red diesel... So there's a consultation, the government are consulting on this. They probably see that it's 2.4 billion income foregone. And so the consultation's open now. I just hope everybody takes part and says their bit. It's not just agriculture. Agriculture only uses half of the rebated diesel. The rest is used in construction uh, by hauliers. If you've got a fridge wagon, you can't use it in your lorry, but you can use it on your, on your, on your lorry. Uh, diggers, excavators, bulldozers, trains, diesel trains are all rebated diesel. So again, just make sure that we're all having our say. I haven't heard anyone say that they've taken part in this consultation, so I'm saying get stuck in. Yeah, what, what do you think the aim of the consultation is? Uh, to see, well, you. if I was cynical, and of course <laughs> I'm not cynical, Sean, I would say that they're looking at this $2.4 that they're losing in revenue. Um, but uh, because I'm not cynical, it must be that they're just reviewing the industry and how they're doing it. And it is very tightly controlled, and so they, they, uh, they're probably just seeing how important it is to the people using it. And again, I guess depending on the outcome of the consultation, this could prove costly for you. Oh, yeah. If our fuel, I mean, fuel on most farms is either top three or top six, depending on your type of farm. So if we went for our fuel bill, is thick end of a quarter of a million. So if it overnight went to... 600,000 because we're having to use road diesel and everything that would be staggeringly difficult at one hit I'm not saying that's going to happen Mm -hmm. but I think we all need to be aware and just having a chat about it John Smith talking diesel there from Lath Tractors we've uh, more from John a little later on first let's catch up with our agronomist Sean Sparling have the uh, downpours brought some relief in the fields yes morning Sean well finally we've had the rain that we've been promised for some weeks now we prayed for it we've been to church we've done everything we possibly could and finally it's paid off um <clears throat> i took nine millimeters of rain last weekend we were hoping for more than that a little bit disappointed but we took what we got and took it with glad heart and open arms um but it was really barely enough really to get down to uh, the seeds of sugar beet, spring barley, spring wheat, peas, beans, which hadn't had any moisture since they went in the ground, really, about six weeks ago. We hadn't had enough to get that depth into the soil. But then between um, Wednesday morning and Thursday morning, I took 21 mil of rain. I know a lot of people took more than that up around Spilsby on the top of the Wolds. I understand they were closer to 50 millimetres of rain. But suffice to say, it has done far more good than any of us could ever possibly hope to do. And we could see crops visibly greening up between morning and night because they're finally getting hold of the nitrogen we've given them and a drink to carry it into them so it's done so much good what it has done is brought the weeds with it and again that solved a little problem do we don't we in linseed we certainly do and you may well have to go out and make a mess in some of these linseed fields because the weeds are growing at such a fast pace now they've been sat in dust in the top inch for the last five weeks now they've got a rain and they've got all the fertiliser, they are growing like bilio. So you've several choices. Remember, straight sulfonyl ears like Jubilee can knock final yield and can cause a little bit of crop effect. If you go with products like Bromoxynil plus Eagle Amidosulfuron, for example, very broad spectrum, very good on the brassica weeds, good on the shepherd's purse, good on the, um, the difficult weeds, bindweed, fat hen. It does a pretty good job of those. And then you have a more expensive um, end of the spectrum, if you like, which is the 
bromoxanil plus bentazone. Speak to your agronomist, see which is the best one for you, look at your weed spectrum and choose accordingly. But do remember, you need to have those broadleaf weed sprays on before you get 15 centimetres tall. And remember, you can use Centurion Max in linseed. It is a label recommendation you have a 120 day harvest interval so make sure that all tallies up um, and remember you also need to keep around 10 to 14 days clear of any other herbicide but i suggest you prioritize some of the weeds in the linseed the spring barley spring wheat the rains finally got down to those seeds that haven't grown and what we're going to see not just in spring cereals but also in beans and peas sugar beet we're going to see a second generation of germination coming along so you're going to have two stages of crop growth all the way through the season that may complicate things as we go but we'll take that it's just what the season has decided to throw at us this year um, but you have to prioritize the majority of any field so if you've got 60 70 percent which is at growth stage 30 treat it as growth stage 30 and sort of take a hit on the rest but as we move on to spring cereals growth stage 30 very much upon us in a lot of the spring barleys now and will be by the end of next week I'm guessing if soil temperatures air temperatures and this rainfall influences it like I think it will um, so remember growth stage 31 is not a key timing on spring barley the key thing with spring barley is keeping that crop clean particularly if you haven't got a growth regulator in there um, you're trying to keep the crop clean remember prothiaconazole very good but there are alternatives so speak to your agronomist and use something relatively robust because a lot of these spring barleys are going to be very lush growth now very susceptible to diseases like rhinchosporium particularly if they have a weakness in their makeup um, sugar beet all over the place now i've got fields that contain crops at six leaves right back to cotyledon just emerging um, but what it has done as we thought it would is reactivate those residuals so weed control is actually pretty good and remember there is an opportunity to get in there with centurion max once again in sugar beet but if you've been using debut for example you need a 14 day interval between centurion max and debut and probably a seven day interval is enough on the rest of it but you do need to keep that interval it's a crop damage thing and it's an efficacy on the black grass thing winter wheat romping away now flag leaf out widely across the county i saw my first emerging ear on friday of this week um, and that is a testament to warm conditions the filicron it's all moving quite quickly so don't miss the boat remember if you're using a product like aviator bayer aren't keen on you including chlorthalonil as a protectant if you are trying to control disease if you're chasing disease so if you're in a curative situation if you're not in a curative situation speak to your agronomist speak to bayer see what they say about it but chlorthalonil is a very very useful tool in the armory there are alternatives of course we have new products out this year we have elatus era from syngenta we have ascra expro from bayer so speak to your advisor do some trials on your own farm look at them side by side but the advice i would give you is if you're sticking with the aviators or the adexars for goodness sake maintain those doses don't go out with a sniff go out with something robust because you'll always get your money back from the flag leaf but don't spend a fortune by just chucking the kitchen sink at it sit down work out the cost look at the ahdb data see what's going to give you a good return work out which one's giving you the best return for your money and go for that but please keep those volumes and rates up good coverage is essential 
Um, and remember, with 100 litres of water per hectare, you're only putting two teaspoons of water on a square metre. That's not a lot if it's warm. So if it's hot and you're going to get evaporation, you might want to bump up your water volume. Um, so potatoes poking through the ground now, and we've hit our first Smith period. Once they're through and they're running, you need to get started thinking about a blight programme because the most difficult part is starting. Once you start, you've got to keep going. But once you've made that decision, away you go. And don't let blight get into that crop before it gets anything like a size. So it's all happening out here at the moment. It's very wet underfoot. We've had plenty of rain. Uh, we're going to get a bit more through the weekend. And I think absolutely first class. This is what farming's all about. It doesn't get more difficult than this. Sean Sparling, Sparling Agronomy Services, back next week. Let's return to our chat with John Smith from Louth Tractors. Diesel isn't his only concern. He's also worried about trade at the moment, and certainly trade negotiations. I've got lots of concerns. All farmers <laughs> have got concerns, but you know we're all concerned about. You wouldn't yeah. be a farmer if you didn't have concerns. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's concerns and there's whinging. <laughs> so I'm not whinging. I'm just. And um, we've, uh, I think, Roundup's been done to death, and neonics, and and the weather. It's rain, so perhaps we're not as concerned as we were. But yeah, I'm a bit concerned about where we are in the midst of these trade negotiations. Brexit's done dusted, we're heading down a track whether we like it or not. I see us in a fairly weak position in our industry and it concerns me that we don't have enough time to adjust. Mm. I mean, like a lot of farms, I'm pretty sure I'm naturally a free trader. But what we're faced with perhaps are a group of free trade evangelists rushing around the world like a car being chased by dogs, doing trade deals all over the place, and the one thing that every country in the world has to sell is agricultural produce. It may be of dubious quality, and invariably it might be a bit cheaper. So we need a bit of time to adjust to this new world. We don't want to fall off a cliff in 2020. I hope you're not a Man United supporter, but I think Wayne Rooney's falling off a cliff at Man United at the moment, and we don't want to be like that. Definitely not, and it is a real concern, isn't it? Is, yeah. You know, rightly so. That you know, we don't know where we're heading, really, do we? No, I think, rightly or wrongly, we've lived in the world we're in for two generations with production support. I sometimes make the analogy: if if you're going to buy a car and it was ten thousand pounds, and you were paying eight thousand pounds for it, and two thousand pounds was production support, if that production support was withdrawn, and you only had the eight thousand pounds in your pocket. A, you wouldn't buy that car, and B, that company producing that car would go out of business. And that's really what happened to our car industry. I know there's lots and lots of issues, but they were incredibly supported. It's back. We've now got one of the best car industries in the world, but they're twice as expensive as they used to be. So the car is going to cost you £10,000 wherever the money comes from, and a loaf of bread is no different. If it costs a pound and you pay the farmer 80p, 20p has to come from somewhere else, or it doesn't get produced. Mm. And it can happen and it will happen. But we just I just think everyone needs to be aware of the situation they're in. Again, I'd appeal to all the farmers listening. Talk to your councillors, talk to your MP, and see if we can have this bit of time. What uh, for that tractor will be an ideal outcome, do you think? Oh. <laughs> million dollar question. Oh, it's more than a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, a billion dollars. You've pulled up here today, you've probably seen that our yard is absolutely full of machines. That's not to say business is brilliant, but it's quite good. It's very, very tight. People are investing. Again, if we can see where we're going with a bit of direction, the industry will invest. We need to be on it. We need to have the right products. We need to invest in technology. 
We need to invest in new efficient systems. There will be a shakeout, whether we like it or not. Farm sizes will probably get bigger. Uh, certainly there's lots of interest in big tractors. Everyone's trying to do more with less, same in any other industry. But there's always, always opportunity. And it's up to us to be in the right place. Always aiming to be in the right place, as he says. Always a good place to be. John Smith of Louth Tractors. What's um, concerning you? Do you agree with what John had to say there? Get in touch. Drop me an email through the website. It's always good to hear from you. The new season has started at PJP Potatoes. So, uh, Colin Jackson, how's it going? Yes, we, uh, we've just kicked off um, sort of at the end of last week, beginning of this week, um, with the first of the polythene-covered... Um, but actually out of the fields. There's been a few around um, that's come out of sort of glass houses, that kind of thing previously, but it's the first really kicking off into the wholesale market. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. And what are your hopes going into the new season? Well, um, very much weather dependent. Um, We were obviously very dry up until this week. Um, We needed this rain, um, but we also need it to stop, you know. Um, So... uh, Although we've now seen uh, a good couple of inches of rain, um, which will settle the crop nicely uh, and allow it to grow on, um, we could do with a bit of a dry period to allow things to just settle down and also to allow us to harvest this new season crop which is coming in. Um, it doesn't do us any favours if we get into the new season and all of a sudden we're stopped for a week of wet weather uh, and the crop builds behind us, and the next time we uh, we sort of start to harvest again, there's uh, there's twice the amount of potatoes to go. So uh, it's all at this time of year about clearing land as fast as possible um, to keep in front of the crop to um, to maintain a good demand for what's then sort of coming out. So, um, but uh, the forecast is pretty good now going forward. So we're fairly hopeful that that's uh, what we're going to see. I mean, it was uh, very dry, wasn't it? Very dry and dusty conditions. Um, then the rain came and almost, like you say, too much. But fingers crossed it'll be OK. Yes. I mean, for the spuds, to be honest with you, it's about an ideal amount, actually, because we were a long way behind where we needed to be. And in order to control scab, particularly, which we don't want on the skin of the potato, uh, we needed to catch up uh, with, the, with the deficit. So uh, actually, it's been pretty spot on for what we've needed. Um, but uh, yeah, now we need a dry period. Yeah. What about prices at the moment? Are they, are they good? Yes, um, we've started off with nice prices, well over £1,000 a tonne. Um, obviously, you know, it can only go one, for, one way from there, and we are now down to sort of £1,000, and sort of probably when we get into uh, the early part of next week, we'll see prices below £1,000 a tonne for the, uh, for the first early season ones. Um, and as far as sort of what's left of the old crop, um, maintaining fairly well. There is one or two people with samples that need to be moved and so prices are actually falling back a little bit but in general terms around the sort of 300 pounds is still available for good quality gear a little bit above a little bit below depending what you've got um but there are some samples there which are needing to be marketed at sort of and, and prices are falling back to sort of mid one 150 sort of 160 pounds that kind of thing all right so new season uh, very positive going into it yep exactly right um pray for a bit of rain but not too much <laughs> we'll do our best okay. thank you colin thank you <laughs> colin jackson of pjp on to the latest grain news then and it's tom miller from open field this week well uh, it's the markets are still relatively quiet as we um coast through the bits of uh, old crop and heading towards new crop um as we say range across the uk have allayed fears of drought 
Um, and while the true effects of the dry weather won't be known until harvest, optimism has certainly increased. Uh, wheat markets have declined as uh, recent weather, which has threatened production prospects in certain areas, changed for the better midweek. Uh, the U.S. continues to receive plenty of precipitation, which is beneficial to recently planted maize, which is now 71% planted. Recent snowstorms, which have bedeviled the U.S. hard red winter wheat crop, potentially adversely affecting production. Uh, this has now been replaced by persistent rains, which are cause for concern as harvest rapidly approaches. Um, so France and, as we said, the UK have received much rain- needed rains, with only Spain having missed out, causing crop forecasts to be lowered further against last year's production. Black sea crops in general appear in reasonable shape, although the Ukraine is cool and dry, so that's one to watch out for. Um, one to watch also is the hot weather in China as harvest looms. Um, plenty of outside influences still impacting on money flows across a broad, broad spectrum of commodity and financial markets. Weak currencies in the US, Brazil and to a lesser extent the UK uh, will dictate trade flows whilst negotiations on crude oil stocks and allegedly political shenanigans by the Brazilian president and Mr Trump will have no, will no doubt caught fund managers' attentions. Uh, the market will be wary of getting too negative ahead of Northern Hemisphere harvest uh, until major export of production can be better assessed. So have a quick look at prices. June feed wheat is 143 to 145x. Harvest is 131 to 133 and November 134 to 136. A bit of renewed interest for old crop milling wheat at circa 5 to 8 pounds over feed for old crop. Feed barley 118 to 120x farm for June. New crop feed barley values are trading at similar discounts to this season. Uh, with bigger barley plantings and, st- and static domestic demand, UK barley will have to compete on the world stage. Harvest is worth 107 to 109, November 114 to 116. Old crop malting barley is static owing to limited molster interest. Uh, new crop markets have shown interest due to lack of precipitation across the UK and Northern Europe. Uh, we've seen that dissipate following rain in most areas, as we've said before, um, to improve cross- crop prospects, therefore dampening down recent market enthusiasm. New crop spring malting barley is worth 25 to 28 over feed and winters are 5 to 7 pound lower. Oilseed rate markets have generally been quiet over the last month as time runs out uh, for the long holders. Um, the opportunities for late season rally are looking slim. New crop prices have drifted on the back of confidence in new crop increases across Europe. Soybean prices have fallen due to a weaker Brazilian real, uh, meaning South American soybean crops are worth more in domestic terms, encouraging selling by farmers who have been holding out. Um, here in the UK, selling below £300 a tonne X for new crop uh, is almost non-existent. Um, open field have storage contracts available. Harvest movement with the opportunity to price until uh, any point until May 18. Um, so talk to your open field representative for more information. Um, on to feed beans. Uh, the market, old crop market continues to be firm, continued tightness and lack of offers in the market. Um, however, some compounders have been selling back their purchases as demand drops into the summer months uh, and the rise in prices making them look expensive in the ration. Old crop feed beans are worth 170 to 173x farm for June. Uh, new crop again is slow, uh, little trade as growers wait to see the crops develop further after recent rains. Uh, November feed beans are worth 155x farm. Always useful. Tom Miller from Open Field. Right, do we need another rain dance or will Mother Nature do her thing? Let's see what the week has in store for us. The Farming Programme. 
five-day forecast. Well, today, a few showers. Shouldn't be too heavy. Patchy clouds, 16, maybe 17 Celsius in places. The wind from the south-southwest, 15 to 20 miles an hour. Dry overnight tonight. Cloudy, lows of 9 or 10. That wind from the southeast, 10, gusting at 25 miles an hour. And then tomorrow, patchy cloud, highs of 20, gusting at 23 miles an hour. The wind from the south-southeast, with the possibility of a shower late afternoon. Overnight Monday into Tuesday should be dry. Clear skies for a time, though it will soon cloud over again. Temperatures generally at a low of 11 Celsius. The wind more from the west-southwest, 10 to 15 miles an hour. And then Tuesday, almost the same as Monday, really, mostly dry. Highs of 17 Celsius, so a little cooler. The wind from the west at about 15 miles an hour. Tuesday into Wednesday, another cloudy night, but it should be dry. Lows of 10 Celsius, the wind continuing from the west, possibly west-southwest. 10, gusting at 25 miles an hour. And that wind continuing from the west at about those speeds uh, through Wednesday itself, where we might see a few showers. Some late evening sunshine possible, though. Highs of 18 degrees on Wednesday. As for the latter end of the week, well, it looks like it will be uh, drier. Possibility of some uh, sunny spells as well. Temperatures generally mid to late teens, overnight lows of uh, around 10 Celsius. So that's the forecast. A little bit unsettled still. And uh, that is it for another week's farming as well. I'm away next week. Ellie Codling will be presenting the programme. I'll still be about, though. I'm getting aboard the farming programme battle bus instead, looking at the agricultural policies of the main political parties, wanting your vote on June the 8th. Uh, Thank you, by the way, if you've sent a question in for them. We'll uh, hear what they have to say over the next couple of weeks, starting with UKIP and the Green Party on next week's programme. Until then, as ever, and whatever the weather, have a good week's farming.